1: Oh, Gino Bacola here, the co-host on the Mike Abadir Show, and uh, next to me, like always, the main man, Mike Abadir. It was one year ago today, exactly, March the 11th, when uh, Rudy Gobert was found to have COVID for the Utah Jazz. That game got stopped, I believe, the next day. Uh, There were, I think, one game in the NCAA tournament that decided to play in their conference tournament and then everything else got shut down. Racetracks got shut down. Um, Leagues were shut down. It it was unlike anything we have ever seen in in this country. Uh, We've had... Times where we were at war and maybe uh, sports were shut down for a little while. There have been times where um, there were, you know, big terrorist events where sports were shut down for a, a few days. But for what we do here in, in covering sports, it was a year in 2000, you know, 20 into 21 uh, now, a full calendar year of s- since we've really been hit by this pandemic that we will never forget. Um, and, and many people lost loved ones. Many people were affected by this. But just the, the overall uh, kind of thinking of it on, on the whole, Mike, how crazy this last year has been. And it was it really felt like that was the moment when when the Jazz game and Rudy Gobert, and then I think later we found out Tom Hanks and his wife had it, and then it, and then it just started, things were shutting down, and it was, I, 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 I kind of remember trying to think about what I was thinking that day, but never would have imagined what the year has been like.
2: No, not at all. And now that we're kind of coming out of it, or yeah. seemingly coming out of it, and I'm very happy about that. Um I think you know you could look back and 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 maybe you know decide for yourself were certain things overreactions, were certain things done appropriately, were th- certain mistakes made? Um, a lot of talk today uh, or in this you know these last couple of weeks about the um, you know elderly and certain states you know put a lot of patients in to senior care centers or whatnot. But I think I would prefer to look forward and figure out what is the best path forward. You know, the Texas Rangers uh, ownership put out a statement, or maybe they were just asked on a radio interview, either way, word got out that they're looking to uh, have full capacity for opening day, 100%. So I think yes, that's going to be debated a scary, for a there, while. There hasn't
1: been very good response to that, and especially some of the things that the, some of the, the folks in Texas have done. Kind of like I, I love that every we're getting a lot of vaccine moving forward, and it's positive, and things are opening back up. I think we're even he- hearing that out here in LA, where we are, we could get some indoor dining back soon, because that's just going to be great for for everyone. Um, as I think it's just it's just steps, right? The worst thing we could possibly do is just like what happens sometimes is just get a little bit too uh, everybody go back out and do things, because again, I think the one thing we realized in this entire last year Is that um, there's just so much we don't Know there's so much we don't know And, and so um, It's it's a, a year that has Been unlike any but it's a year that's It's funny it's in a funny sense it's Like we never got that NCAA tournament Last year and uh, And we're right back here again Now where we're to the point where uh, it Looks like we're going to uh, Duke actually I don't know if you saw that the Duke team Had to pull yeah, out of there it took an L Unfortunately so, and I don't. They were not a team that was their normal Duke this year. They're probably not going to make the tournament. Uh, and who knows if they would even have been allowed to play now with what has happened? But I don't. They would have probably needed to win a couple games in their tournament uh, and, and look pretty good. I don't think they're going to be in. Um, and I, I believe the schedule I'm not sure if you saw that is a little different this year. Did you see the way that the the dates of the uh, of the tournament and how it how it goes. This year, I actually have not looked looked at the format yet. I I would
2: suspect by the way you're talking that maybe they're keeping things a little bit more regionalized and and
1: less travel, perhaps. Well, actually, so you know the the way it normally is is those first two days of the tournament are on. Thursday, Friday, normally, right? Most years, it's the, the play-in games are like on Tuesday and Wednesday And then on Thursday is the 16 starts it in the morning and goes all 16 And then Friday, is same thing, and then Saturday, Sunday So by the end, it would normally be by the end of Sunday, you're down to 16 This year, it's actually pushed a day back um, So the four play-in games are all on Thursday Then the first 16 start Friday, then Saturday, then Sunday, and then into Monday This week so um, It just is a little bit different It's just most people normally like I would be Getting set up on Thursday morning with My mimosa you know all day but there won't Be the all day games there will be Four games throughout the day on Thursday so uh, Just a little bit of a different schedule and we'll be Playing games into Monday I think What it does is it just Sort of eliminates the Tuesday, Wednesday. That eliminates an extra day by playing from Thursday to Monday, and I, I think it just makes it a little bit easier. So I think they're just trying to cut down a couple days here and there uh, for all of this to make it just as as compact as possible. But um, slightly different schedule because it's been that sort that same format for quite a while.
2: Yeah, and and I think you kind of hit it when you said, you know, there's a lot that's still unknown. And here's the thing, Gino. I think once cooler heads prevail. And there's less politicking involved. I think everybody could kind of agree that there's evidence for both sides of the coin. And what I mean by that is you could look at states. There are certain states, by the way, that never shut down. Or states like Florida, which didn't have mask mandates and have been open for a long time. And their numbers are actually better. See, see, I get a little nervous
1: with this stuff because like the numbers and stuff with Florida, you know, like there's the story about the woman who was in charge of the numbers and has literally been telling how she was like blackballed and her family got their house got raided because she was trying to get made to fudge the numbers. So all well, of who, it, knows, that, who knows who ab- knows about the veracity of that? And, yeah, and if, even if one like, person it happened to one person, how much? Now, then I'm happy. And there were 500,000 people that last year died because of this virus that came in. In some way, shape, or form. So that's the thing that bothers me the most, and, and more so than the numbers and this so that is that too many people died last year. Yeah, but my
2: it. point is isn't isn't that my point is that there's evidence for go- going about it both ways, right? Because look, let's face it, majority of those numbers were in senior living centers, vast majority. See, so I, I think I, I, I think if I you have four has this
1: conversation is where we definitely have different opinions, and I I think we could get it down down a road where we. are just like factual. If you look at the
2: numbers vast majority of the deaths were in senior living centers that's not disputed 500,000 a majority of when you look at which group the highest percentage was in the le- senior living centers
1: all I know is that in the last year, I know nine people that died of this. And I've never had a year where I knew a person that died of the, the flu. And I knew young people that died. And so that's what bothers me, is that maybe I'm like an absurdly random person, but I knew a lot of people that died. And that's, like, a, that's a really high number. I know. So that that's why I personally probably feel a lot differently than most other people. I'm also someone who's got, um, you know, I can't go do anything because I'm a cancer survivor. So I literally have had to take this extremely serious. Like I haven't seen any friends. I, I, there were time periods where I didn't see my family at all or do anything because like I had a girl that was in my acting class that was 28 years old. That was an incredible singer. And she now has completely lost her voice. She's been in and out of the hospital multiple times. She's like never going to be the same. You know, I well, put it I this way.
2: And I speak from, from a place of, uh, of understanding because I'm actually dealing with potential heart issues because of this thing and high blood pressure that I never had before because there are after effects that do affect the heart. Yeah. So I, I, I'm coming from a place of being realistic, however. you know, When I look at it and I say this, for those such as yourself, I've got a cousin who recently had a baby. She didn't let her mother see the baby because she's so wound up about this situation. Okay, that, that works for you. I've got another cousin who had a baby a week later who is already uh, has like gone through three nannies and they haven't worn masks since day number one. Uh, who am I to tell anybody what to do or what not to do or what works or what doesn't work? No, Neither of w- them have gotten COVID, fortunately.
1: I, Myself, know, but you were I tell- never
2: went out of the house without a mask on, you no. know, as well as the, the people that I associate with, everybody got it. I I I just don't you said that's why I said at the beginning you nailed it we
1: just don't know and that's why that's why I've always been on the cautious is not bad cautious is going to save lives if there are going to be like and I come from this again from a very specific point of like people will say yeah but businesses are going to be lost people are going to lose the lots of money I when I was 22 years old I had a great job and I had almost $100,000 in the bank that I just made. And I got cancer. And I lost everything that I had. And I lost 50 pounds. And I was about to die. Like, nobody thought I was going to live. And so once I did, I had nothing. All bills, nothing. Like, and I'm still to this day getting random bills that i have like, oh my gosh, I, that has of not course. even course, and and, that's, and that absolutely and so, sucks.
2: And that so happens. But the, the, the point is this, though, Gino.
1: Getting like, The point the is, do we deal?
2: want the government to come in and mandate these things, or is it a personal choice?
1: When when I see people out, the, the problem is with this is like, do you trust the, the low, like the weakest of us? And there are way, the, the problem is that, that be- this from the beginning became too political. So there were too many people that were, were not wearing a mask as a point to try to prove a political point, not as like a, a respect thing. Because like, just like you, you were saying, my fr- I've got friends that drive 100 miles an hour Down the freeway, right? They've they've been lucky that they haven't gotten in a car accident I got friends that don't wear their seatbelts I would tell them, don't drive that fast Don't don't wear your seatbelt But they could not ever get in a car accident And they could live till they're 100 by doing that You know, and that's just how it happens Like, you know, there are the people that drink and smoke and party And they end up living to 100 And then the most cautious person in the world Walks across the street and gets hit by a car, you know So it's just, it's it's hard to use that I just know that when when once when if it was only impacting yourself, I could care less what you do once you step out of the house though and you could infect somebody else that's where I had a problem all along with this that's why I could care less about you you know, like what you what you do on your own if the, you don't want the government to come in and tell you what to do that's fine but but when it's impacting other people that's when we had to police it a little bit there there had to be like be, people being told what not to do because if they didn't there would have been more people that died than, than the 500,000. I mean, no doubt about it. Like, no, it you got to wonder, been, though.
2: I, you got to wonder if if it wasn't made political and it was just given as a choice and everybody said, hey, and there was never a hint of politics involved. Who knows? Maybe even more people would have worn a mask just out of so d- safety.
1: So does that mean you trust people if people are that stubborn to, to just want to not do something to prove a point, even if they know it might have been better for them? You know what I mean? Like, Based did- on what I saw last year,
2: yeah, I, I do think that. And I think a lar- large part of that is because there was a lot of misinformation coming to prove the other side politically, and it caused for a lot of distrust both ways. Like I said, moving forward, however, the, the thing is, we're going to see situations like the Texas Rangers potentially filling at capacity. I love that there are going to be fans this year. I, I love, love that. Fans. I think there should be. It's the outdoor game, very safe. I would still say, at least for the first month or two, let's let the vaccine do its thing all the way through June or July, and, and then determine... What percentage of capacity for now I would say go every other row in other words half full stadium perhaps something along those lines limit concessions uh, in, 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 a, in an intelligent way whether it be by you know uh, using an app and having food delivered beers delivered to your seat or I don't know they're probably smarter ideas do you know you know what I mean but like I, I, I think that there should be fans it's an outdoor Absolutely. game I think it's I safe agree. to do so I'd say you know require a mask in your stadium. Now, if somebody says, well, that's hypocritical. Why the requirement? Well, because it's not the government. right? There's a private entity. They're allowed to do what they want to do to keep their patrons safe. Mm -hmm. And if I own the team, that's how I would handle it. Sorry, you can't come in unless you wear this mask. We're going to social distance and then
1: reevaluate Come Two weeks, June. a month. I mean, people yeah. are getting this vaccine now by the like the numbers are off. like everyone's it seems like there's a very good positive. And like anything, there's gonna be negatives, and there's gonna be people that don't want to get it and are gonna wait or that just don't feel like they want to. Whatever you want to do in that sense, but there are so many people getting it now, and the overwhelming response in all even the different versions have all been very good that we are we are seeing the numbers curtail to where the point in two three months you know what I mean like they're talking about hopefully the Lakers having play like you know fans in the stand in the stadium for the playoffs which would be in May. That would be awesome. We would I would never thought that would have happened, but seeing how many people are getting the vaccine, how quickly it's been moving, how it's moving down, like I'm I'm almost to the point where I think I can get it now. Um, the only reason why I haven't is just based on my work. I don't do it. I don't go out, so I don't need it as much as the people who are um, you know, more in jobs that are a little bit more important. I think I should be I'm I should be on the next coming up list because of my uh like previous issues and stuff. So That'll be awesome You know, uh, our buddy Andrew Champagne He works at a college um, And uh, he was able to get it He's getting his second dose coming up next week My sister who does some stuff at USC She's able to get She just got her uh, her first one She's coming up soon My aunt and uncle They both got theirs My grandma got So, I mean, that's that's awesome Like I, lo- And then, hopefully, in a few months This will all just be something that we think of as a bad dream and And we'll be able to have learned moving forward where did we go wrong? What could we have done different? Like I, like i don't I don't think everything was done right. You know, there was plenty of stuff that was done wrong, good or bad. We could have done different. But um, I, it, it, like you said, the be- the most important thing is moving forward. It doesn't look like this is something that's coming back right now that people are the the everything we've heard about the vaccine. I, I haven't I've heard anyone say anything more than, you know, maybe a little sore after the first one. The second one maybe a little sick or something for a day or two. and 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 some people said they felt pretty sick. But you do get that with well, there, shots there were, sometimes there were a few
2: antiphylactic reactions where people actually died uh, for whatever reason from the vaccine. But those numbers are very low. yeah. Very, yeah, yeah, very low,
1: yeah, yeah. I, it, I mean, I haven't heard like overwhelming. It's been every and maybe, uh, maybe maybe some of you are differently. but I haven't heard anything. every everyone that I personally know and that those are, I think, what has made this uh, thing, and you know, we'll we'll get into sports. We have two minutes to the next segment, and we'll we'll definitely transition in because we have a lot to talk about uh, after. But this has been such a a, a a important year in like the history of this country and the world. We got to we got to talk about a lot of this, and uh, um, I. I I think what's made this difficult is just what we were talking about before is like a lot of how people, I think, responded to this early on was what was personal to you. Like if you didn't know anybody that was sick or if this hadn't impacted anybody that you knew, you probably just kind of thought out of sight, out of mind. Like I was listening to another show. They were talking about how I think a lot of us in the U.S. probably thought about, you know, other diseases we had heard previously, SARS and bird flu and stuff like that, that we didn't really notice here that much, you know. Um, someone like me, I, got no- I noticed this right away Just because it, it personally hit a couple people I knew And some of my friends And so I could understand that having conversations with other people Their perception of what this was Was completely different than mine Because I had personally you know, Had the experience, other people Were kind of just using numbers and statistics Which is what you have to do For me, what was always um, A little hollow was that like, Some of those numbers were like three of my friends you know, yeah, and that's I, what I think I'm one of
2: those people that's um, where it, what has happened to me or to those around me. My favorite all-time priest, who's uh, one of my best friends' uncles, he was the priest that baptized me. He was the priest that gave me my first communion. Somebody who's very close friends of the family would come over for dinners all the time. He passed away from COVID. I've got many other situations where people got it and didn't feel a thing and everything in between, okay? Uh, So I've got the, uh, I felt the impact, but I think I've maintained as much of a, let's look at things from a very rational perspective and not from my lens. What is the greater good? A very utilitarian type of analysis. I've tried to maintain that for the most part. And uh, I'll tell you this much. I personally am choosing not to take the vaccine, not at this time at least, Gino, only because yes, everything's great so far and I hope a lot of people take it. I hope I'm in the vast minority because it only helps me out if everybody's vaccinated. But I'm I'm just kind of spooked by the possibility that something emerges six months or a year from now because like you said, we don't know. We just don't know. And if I get it, get it again, whatever, between now and whenever, you know, I'm willing to take that risk. All right. But like I said, the key thing is, and it's hypocritical, I hope that other people don't have my attitude about it. I'm just too concerned to take it. I wouldn't feel good.
1: Which is I, it's sort, which is sort the- of somewhat, what's funny is that a lot of the people who don't, are concerned about that. Weren't really concerned about the virus as much. Now you're you, you're sort of different, but that's what's sort of yeah, funny because, about because, you know why you know? politics? Because is, you're is,
2: injecting yourself with something synthetic. That's why. So for me, it's kind of like I wasn't terribly worried about the virus. Maybe not as much as I should have been, perhaps. Uh, but I did all the right steps. I did everything you're supposed to do by the book. Um, but this is different because it's something synthetic that's entering your system. I guess I just want to see, you know, by by the time it's like July or August, you know, we would have like eight months of people taking it. If there really haven't been any kind of side effects or things that come about later on, that would probably go a long way to changing my mind. You yeah. know what I mean? But For me, like I said, good. it only works if, if, what, 70, 75% of the people take it. I think I'm in the minority, vast minority, so I'm really hoping that 70, 75% take it. We may be able to get rid of this darn thing with a lesser percentage, even, but I think you gotta shoot high. So, you know, these are this is gonna make for very interesting conversations in a sports setting, though, because of the fans and attendance issues. You you laid out the NCAA's protocol and how they're gonna conduct their games. We talked a little bit about the Rangers. We'll see. You, you mentioned the Lakers. So we'll we'll kind of see. And, and and the Lakers thing. Probably, Gino, you know, coincides with April 1st. I think that's the date for California where sporting events are going to be potentially open on a limited basis for fans in attendance.
1: Baseball, basketball, second half of their season is kicking back on. Uh, Dak Prescott just got paid. There's a lot of things that we can hit in the next couple of segments here on the Mike Abadir Show. Let's take a quick break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
3: Wanna play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Inglehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in.
1: Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog?
3: Racers in Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and rental cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: one week from now, it'll be the uh, the first four games for the play-in for the NCAA tournament. I gotta say, even uh, in years where I'm not as checked in to college basketball, those first two days are two of my absolute favorite days. Um, you and I love the first uh, first round of the baseball playoffs for similar type reasons. I love when when a sport gets to have their day. With games all day long, that's sort of what we get like every football Sunday, and then why football is so cool. Because like Sunday just feels like football day. Uh, it's great when uh, when we get to get those all day long sporting events, and and March Madness is awesome. Uh, it was already, absolutely what, is You two know what else is ago. awesome? You know though, is typically the first
2: Saturday in May. There's almost always a great basketball playoff game, NBA playoff game. For whatever reason, we've ended up with like championship-level boxing or maybe MMA fights
1: on that always day. always a boxing fight that night. Yeah. yeah. Always a big uh, one.
2: Always a big one. And then, obviously, the Kentucky Derby. And we saw a horse today. I mean, midweek, you, you dip, typically don't see necessarily a potential Kentucky Derby contender, let alone a Kentucky Derby winner at this stage of the game, especially a horse that didn't run as a two-year-old. Uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Maximum Security. Now, Maximum Security did run late in December. Th- that was his only uh, effort as a, as a two-year-old. Uh, but Maximum Security at Gulfstream similarly. you know, He had won uh, two starter optional claiming races before getting into the Florida Derby. Today, there was a horse in an allowance optional claiming race at Gulfstream Park named Prevalence. And this horse seemed to... You know, uh, I think Tyler Gaffleone wanted to let this horse eyeball a couple of the contenders on each side of him before pressing that takeoff button. But what do you think of that effort overall? Because I saw some comments on social media, Gino, that um, went both ways. This horse is a one to nine shot, you know, was supposed to win this race, uh, was definitely the best horse in this field. Six horse field, so only beat five other contenders.
1: But, you know, visually, I guess it looked pretty good it was fine it was fine the times was, and everything was, but what yeah, do you it was think he, it was fine it was what he needed yeah. to do um yeah the only thing with him is that he has missed he missed a little bit of training because he was initially uh planning on running in the fountain of youth um so that's why he didn't end up running in the fountain of youth he i think he just got a little sick there was it was something very small um not not much at all i think he just maybe missed a work or two or just couldn't get out in the mornings uh, and, and get into it as much as they would have liked so he ended up having to run in this in this spot to get a prep Because the the problem with him is He doesn't have any points So he has to now um, he can't, I don't think he's going to be able to run back In the Florida Derby Because keep in mind the Florida Derby Would now be back in three weeks That would be pretty quick for him to have to Turn around and step up and face a, a lot tougher So for him it'll probably be Like the Bluegrass or the Arkansas Derby Which will give him five weeks From this race till then And the only thing uh, about that is He's going to have to go into those races and probably run first or second to get enough points to qualify for the Derby. And and now, it's not an exact science. Who knows? Horses drop out. Maybe he can get third in one of those races and and have enough points to get in. That, That could be. But you know if you just look at right now some of the horses who are kind of already in those spots he would have to go out there and like this weekend we're going to see the rebel run and right now you know you've got like Caddo River you've got Concert Tour Keep Me in Mind those are three horses that are going to be probably pretty tough in the rebel and will will you'd imagine maybe still be out there for the Arkansas Derby or or go back for that so he'd have to go out there and deal with them i think the bluegrass is going to be um Led by essential quality Your Breeders' Cup Juvenile winner Who came back And he won In the Southwest There's also going to be A horse named Highly Motivated Who was third In the Gotham Who's going to be Running over there And he's going to Really need to tr- to run well To get points To get it So you know It's not going to be easy For him No but uh, So let me ask you this Uh Brandon Walsh
2: Isn't somebody That I've necessarily Studied over the years With his triple crown uh, Nominated horses Or horses that are going to be In the Derby Preakness Belmont Etc Uh Maybe because we don't know a lot about how he would handle things, maybe he looks at it and says, "You know what? Lightly, this horse is so lightly raced that we can wheel him back in three weeks."
1: Yeah, I, and and I'll, I'll read. I don't I don't even, I don't know if they've even said it yet. Like it could there could be they could have already announced the plan the plans. They might announce him. You know, it might be something where we'll give him a day or two and see how he comes back out of it. Because sure. maybe he 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 won it pretty easily. Um, if he does, you know, the the Florida horses don't seem as as i gotta be honest as good you know greatest honor is is pretty good, and he's he'll be tough in there, but i don't I don't think anybody else of those The group of horses in Florida would really scare you off so ideally he if he could, I just don't know if you want to bring him back in three weeks and then you know. No cuz you're and then you probably can't come
2: back after that,
1: right? Well, no, for, if you bring it uh, back in purpose. 3 weeks, it's fine cuz then you've got 5 you, you get an extra 2 weeks before the derby. So, your 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 timing between then and the derby would be okay, but you're you're going to be at the point where like you're only going to get one shot at it, right, to qualify. So, you got to make sure. Do you want to wheel this lightly raced horse back in 3 weeks? Do you would if if it's something that, you know, you think is a little bit too much? Even if it's a softer spot do you want to Wait a little longer even if that spot Is tougher you know those are questions that You they're very logical Questions to to have to ask yourself so Um yeah I, I think we we'll probably Find out in a couple of days like see how, he, how he's Come out of it but it's one of those things Where the best place for him to Go would be either Florida or New York those races Come up a little bit quicker um so I think they'll, the the connections will probably have to weigh uh, what they want to do there. But he he's a nice horse, and I I don't I'm not doubt. I saw people that are like ah oh, he can't he can't run in the Derby or win. He I, I'm like that race wouldn't have talked knocked me off of him because it's what you need from that race. It's just I'm worried about the timing now for him, and and how it's going to play out. Like he could be a very nice horse maybe come either Preakness time or. Um, you know, you know, some of the Jim Dandy, Travers, like those kind of races towards the middle of the second half of the year, because I think he's got a lot of ability. Uh, but I'm, I'm not sure if he's this might be a little too much too soon because you run you run in a race, you have trouble, you finish fourth, you don't get in. You know, I'll quote, I'll
2: quote Anthony Stabile, who says the only way that this horse <laughs> runs I I in the Kentucky one. Derby. I think I saw that one. Yeah, is if he buys himself a ticket. I think I saw that one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that's an interesting take. We'll see how uh, that plays out. You know, what's also interesting to me is, you know, derby fever. Some trainers have, it, especially if you haven't had a lot of opportunities, you kind of want to get your derby horse. Uh, you won't some do of it. the guys, like maybe a Dwayne Lucas or maybe even a Baffert or somebody like that. Who knows? Maybe they would point their horse to the Preakness. I don't right? think he will and, do. And be he a fresh shooter horse and come in and win, win, win that one. So it'll Max be Field. interesting to see how he handles it.
1: Yeah. He, he was in a similar situation um, last year because he has Maxfield, who um, was injured a lot throughout the year. Maxfield, who just actually ended up losing the big cap over the weekend, but it has become a very, very nice horse. And he was mm-hmm. a horse who a lot of people thought would have been a, a major player, um, you know, moving through, um, you know, like prep races, but he was he's he's treated that horse awesome. You know he's he's never tried to push the horse or uh, put him into a spot where he wasn't ready for. Her. So that's sort of why I feel like he'll he'll probably go the patient route, wait five weeks, come back in Arkansas or uh, at at Keeneland in the Bluegrass, and then just hope. You know, like if you're gonna be good enough to to win the Derby or you know run well in the Derby, you you should be good enough to you know. Be able to hit the board and pick up some points against some of these same horses you're going to have to face. Then, so if they think he's good enough, you, you have to try it. You know, I think you have to take a, a swing there. And uh, well, he and may
2: then, be good enough, but experience goes a long way.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and that's what. And that's like I said. I I don't think I trust Walsh in that. Um, I don't think if he came out of this race and they said yeah, or like this race took a little bit out of him, or maybe um we don't like where the next prep st- sets up. Let's let's run in the Lexington at Keeneland against a little bit softer and then we'll run in the Preakness. You know, some some barns do that. So you don't think he's going to have
2: derby fever. You're basically saying he's going to do right by the horse. And
1: And I think uh, I think that'll still end him up in in a bigger prep. I think he I would I would be more surprised if he if he didn't take a shot than if he did. I just don't think he's going to, like, rush him into the, the race in three weeks or, or really force him if the horse isn't doing great. I just, I expect him to be doing fine out of this race. It seemed like it was sort of like a paid workout for him. So I didn't, what, what did they want him to win by 20 and then and then have this race take a ton out of him and not be able to come back?
2: You know, like that? Yeah, I mean, I think, so. look, it's funny to me how many haters there are in horse racing. Uh, that's probably a subject for for a full edition of, of the show uh, on another day. But I don't understand hating a horse um, I could understand not wanting to play the horse. You know, hey, if you don't like a horse, then bet against him, right? Then you hope everybody else piles on. Is- you get better odds for whoever you like. Um, it just, I, I think no matter what happened today, Gino, even if he won by 20, they would have talked about the competition, True. right? Or they talk about the the fractions, or they would talk about how he didn't get mud in his face, or dirt kicked in his face, or whatever. You know what I mean? So people are going to hate regardless. Um, I, I think it's a little bit too early to tell, and... I think the thing that we found in the last couple of years is the old formula is kind of evolving, you know, that whole like, you know, you have to race as a two year old kind of sort of going by the wayside now, not completely thrown out. But I mean, once you break certain trends, then the trend doesn't have as much of an impact
1: it's different every like i mean like we talk about records in other sports right look at like the three-point shooting in the nba or like like the nfl quarterback passing yards like the the guys who are at the bottom of the league would have led the league 20 years ago yeah you know yeah yeah. so just the way it's changed so um yeah, I think it's similar in racing because horses don't start as early. They don't run as early on when they're two anymore. You know, a lot of times they run once, twice towards the end of the year. Maybe you get a break, get a race, a breeder, a prep, and then a Breeders' Cup race if they're really good. And then they take a few months off, come back. They probably only had three or four races by the time they're three years old. We we don't see horses that have eight to ten races at two and then come back with a ton of foundation at three. The point system has changed Things a little bit too, and and kind of made the the actual Kentucky Derby a little bit more formful overall because we don't get these like long shot uh, sprinters that have speed that that picked up a bunch of money early on in their two year old year, but they have no chance in going a mile and a quarter, you know. So, uh, yeah, things are things are just a little different with the uh, with the way that the point system and everything is moving forward, and it's pretty crazy to think, Mike, that the Rebel comes up this weekend. Which is the big prep race at Oakland Park? You'll see Caddo River and Concert Tour as sort of the headliners there, and then every other place basically has one more prep left. Like yeah, it'll, it'll and be. We'll the see the uh,
2: Baffert. You know the the Baffert impact over the next few weeks. He's clearly dominated. Uh, you know the uh, Arkansas Oakland. racing scene for the prep season over the last few years. Uh, I suspect that that will probably hold true once again. But that's why you got to run the races. Uh, You know, we were talking about Derby fever. You know who's got World Series fever? The San Diego Padres. This NL West is looking like it's going to be a slugfest at the top from day number one, Gino.
1: It's going to be fun. I do think these might be the. I mean, I do. I definitely think they're the two best teams in the National League. I think you could probably stack the Braves up in in that conversation with them if you wanted. And I, I one hundred, they might be the two best teams in the entire league. I think so. They, you know, and they're both playing so. in the same division, uh, and they're going to play against each other a ton and there's already a little bit of animosity between them because last year the Padres were starting to come up and, and be a good team and they played each other in the playoffs and Machado was someone who played for the Dodgers and has now gone over there and I don't, I don't i don't think there's like bad blood between them but there's definitely a little a little something right there's like a little like hey we we didn't like go we didn't get married but we we definitely dated for like a week or two we don't hate each other but you know there's still a little saltiness between the two of us sort of sort of like that with Machado and the Dodgers so i I'm, I'm excited about it man i'm looking forward to it uh, I'm loving what I'm seeing from the Dodgers so far early on. Uh, Bauer and Price, you know, adding them to this Dodgers rotation this year. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Nelson is another guy who people you kind of completely forget about, a guy who who pitched some really, really good innings for the Brewers a few years back and was a quality, quality starting pitcher. He's the type of guys that the Dodgers sort of hit on because you just take a few swings on players like that who if if they aren't healthy or they don't really contribute – doesn't hurt you at all and then they end up hitting with them you know guys like muncie or or taylor or or kiki through the years so i'm really excited for baseball season coming up i'll have a dodger game a usc game uh laker game i think hopefully hopefully all tomorrow night if usc wins their basketball game tonight then i could have uh, all three of those rolling tomorrow night so that that'll be fun you were talking about
2: you know uh the Dodgers and the Padres, and maybe a tad bit of animosity, but not super intense. I think that's also been because the Dodgers have been really dominant in the NL West for a long time, and the Padres have kind of been more towards the bottom for a long time. When you don't have the competition, intense competition creates intense rivalries. I'm predicting we're going to see a couple of really, really fun for the fans to watch brawls talking about bullpens, opening up, charging onto the field, managers and uh, 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 the position coaches and maybe a th- few haymakers. I'm predicting that we're going to see a really, really intense stepping up of this rivalry, Gino, because these two teams are good and they're competitive, and these both of them feel that they can nab that number one spot this year. The Dodgers are always going to look and say, hey, we're what? What is it now, Gino? Eight-time? consecutive yeah. division winners, and what have you guys You're done? You're little You brother. guys are talking World Series?
3: Yeah. Get out of here,
2: right? Yeah. The Padres are going to be like, hey, we've got the best team, and we're going to take you down. Uh, so the Padres are going to come in with some swagger as well, especially for a team that's looking up at a really just a, a dominant ball club over the last decade. So I think that's going to produce some really fun results. Let's take a quick commercial break, Gino, and uh, talk a little bit about not whether these other teams are going to be able to compete with the top two, but where, where do, what kind of seasons do Arizona, Colorado, and the Giants have, and how can they build for the future? Stay with us. We'll be right
3: back after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
1: Closing segment here on the Mike Abadir Show and this is a fun Time now in sports too this is one of Those uh everything got got all all Sort of a cattywampus with the the Calendar changing last year uh but Right now with March Madness with uh, Baseball getting ready to kick off With the Kentucky Derby prep races going On we're getting set for the second half of the NBA Season too so there is a lot happening Um I didn't get your your thoughts though I, I don't know if I saw you post anything about it Um what did you think about the the money that Dak Prescott is going to be getting? I believe he has a uh, a sixty plus million dollar signing bonus, and this year alone, based on the signing bonus and his contract, he will be making seventy five million dollars. I be- I think in like a sixteen month span, he ends up making uh, like a hundred and five million, <laughs> or definitely over a hundred within. Uh, a year and a half. So, um, as a guy who bet on himself, you are an agent. I'm always curious when these big contracts come out, when these big deals come out. Give me some of your thoughts, as like a on the agent side, the player side, fan side. Like, where do you stand on this?
2: I'm really happy that the Cowboys did the right thing and took care of him, because he he went into last season and maybe even the season before on the faith that they were going to take care of him
1: and betting on he, himself he
2: let it all out man mm-hmm. put it all, all out on the line
3: yeah
2: lo- yeah betting on himself you know yeah and so to me you know I, they had every excuse in the world baked in right oh well we got to see how he comes off the injury but and that's typically what the big bad nfl team does right they they always say this is a business and they're always going to justify any of their moves by this is the best decision for a football team this is a business and we wish so and so the best. Here, what they did was I think they probably looked at the injury in of itself, and they've seen a tremendous track record for quarterbacks coming off and coming off the injury and being able to play come opening day at full strength. And that probably went into their decision. And it doesn't really uh it's not super long term, right? So it it's kind great of for him. hits, yeah, it kind of hits a win all the way around, Yeah, I mean, you know, where they're not locked in forever, but they were going to pay him a premium for maybe having, you know, I think they wanted that fifth season, but we're going to pay you a premium for taking four. And so from that perspective, I think it's a win-win for everybody, obviously for the fans. I mean, they get their quarterback for the next few years. They don't have to worry about, you know, last uh, year, Having the,
1: what's his name, the Red Rifle or whatever, and, and you know it's funny, Dalton. Dalton, they had Ben Danucci that was starting some games for them too. Dalton got hurt, and then he was out. They saw what life was like without him last year. And he so, was on a tear before he got hurt. He, I know they weren't right. winning, but that wasn't because of him. No, their defense was terrible. He was setting all sorts of uh, of records, and actually Zeke was was pretty bad. You know, through most of the year, even early on when Dak was really good, Zeke was turning the ball over a lot and was was really hurting them. So, they. The Cowboys probably have to pay, pay, end up paying him a little more than they would have if they would have um, just ended up doing this a few years ago and signing him to a long-term deal. Um, and they, you know, they probably, they probably look back now and go, "Damn, we probably shouldn't have paid Ezekiel Elliott that much, and we probably should have just locked Dak up then." You know, and 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 now I think that's, probably-
2: I think that's probably the right. You hit it right there, Gino. Especially too, because the trend is in not paying running backs that much money mm-hmm. because they are kind of, uh, you know, replaceable. It's a replaceable yeah. position. That's how. Then Pollard was better
1: it? last year. Pollard was better than he Elliott. was.
2: A, I, I, he, he was
1: more productive. Out. That's for sure. like when you would just watch the games out there too, like in fantasy and stuff. He was like, I had Elliott on. I think one or two teams. It was just like, oh, they got to the point where some weeks I couldn't even I couldn't even play him, and he just was uh, looked bad, no burst, and so I think this is good for Dallas, and they'll probably be because you got to think that even even last year with his they didn't look great to start the season, but if they had a healthy DAC throughout they would have won that division. They still had a chance to win the division going into the last week even without him.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. And uh, the one the one impact that it could have, though, is that this is the first year in many, many years that the NFL salary cap went down. Mm-hmm. What they decided to do was not take last year's losses and implement them last year uh, with having no fans in the stadium, etc. So they paid everybody on full scale last year. There was no pro-rated like in baseball or anything like that. And... What they're doing now is they're going to divide it over a period of three years, the losses, and spread them. So because of that, the salary cap went down. Yesterday, it was actually settled on by the union and the owners at $182.5 million. That's this year's salary cap. It's been established. So we'll see what kind of uh, how that handcuffs the Cowboys. Uh, I, I'm not yeah. super caught up on how many free agents they have, what kind of holes they have, what they need to fill. Um so I can't really, really speak to that at this year. moment, but I know that it's going to hamper them a little bit. But hey, yeah. I think if you've got your all world quarterback, even if we don't call him on all world quarterback, you have your franchise guy. Yeah, I think you could plug in 12. the holes. Yeah, you could plug in the holes of the draft and with undrafted free agency um, if if the holes aren't glaring and if they're at certain positions that um, where you could pick up quality players in the undrafted free agent Uh, you know, round, eighth round is what I call it, you know, like running backs, like fullbacks, some special teams guys, maybe even some offensive linemen and some linebackers. You're not going to find your stud safety, Uh, probably not going to find a really, really good cornerback, although they do come up every once in a while. Malcolm Butler comes to mind. So we'll see uh, what this means to the Cowboys. But ultimately, good move for them. Um, I know we want to cover the NL West. So yeah. why don't we start at the bottom and work our way up, or better yet, let's just start alphabetical order and start with Arizona. Uh, Arizona, to me, is a team that I thought was headed in the right directions two years ago, and even going into last year, I thought that they would play a little bit better. They've kind of gone sideways on me, man.
1: Yeah, they, I agree. It feel like they took and and what was interesting was last year they ended up trading off. I think Marte. Right, uh, to, to the Marlins, yep, to the Marlins, and so he was someone who you sort of thought like w- we looked at them the a la- lot coming into last year as a team that might hopefully be a buyer at the you know the trade deadline and trying to improve themselves. I, I don't really like. I look at their team and I don't really know what they do well. You know that the that's top of the pr-
2: rotation isn't bad. The player that they got back in the Marlins trade, Zach Galen, he looks like he's got some promise. He's looking like he's going to be their number one this year. Caleb Smith is decent. And then you have Mad Bum. I don't know what you're going to get out of him, but I think he still has a little bit left in the tank because he's a huge guy, right? So it's not like a small, fragile body like a Tin lincecum who you're going to get five out of him and then done. Um, Mad Bum is kind of probably more like Clayton Kershaw. So I think that their rotation is actually
1: not... Bad in the top three spots I'd agree and that is what I would think Is their strength My only issue is that's your strength You're in a ballpark that's a hitter's ballpark Mm -hmm. You're going to be playing in a division Where you're playing against A Padres and a Dodgers lineup Over and over And then some games where you have to go to Colorado So I don't That's what worries me about their particular Strength is that I don't think Their pitching staff is nearly as good As we would say the Dodgers or the Padres it's just what what is their probably their strength of their team but it's still probably like an average to like slightly above average staff that is going to be in some trouble based on their ballpark based on their division and based on having to go even and play whatever six eight games it at, at Coors Field too that just won't be easy for them um so I, I just they just feel like an and like a, an under 500 team to me. And I, I I'm concerned about some of the teams other than the Padres and Dodgers in this division, because they, they could get beat up on quite a bit by those two. Colorado would be the next
2: one. And uh, I think they're going to get beat up a little bit too. I think they telegraphed what they're doing. Once uh, Arenado was no longer in their future plans. Yeah. You know, this was a homegrown guy, arguably their best player. Putting up Hall of Fame type numbers, we'll see what he does outside of Coors Field. But I think, if I remember correctly, his splits are actually pretty reasonable. So I have every reason in the world to think that he's going to do well in St. Louis. It's probably a good fit for him. Great baseball town. But the Colorado Rockies lineup still has, uh, you know, guys like Ryan McMahon and Trevor Story and Charlie Blackman. But beyond that, you know, maybe Garrett Hampson, second baseman. He's got a little bit of pop. Could steal you a few bases. But it's a pretty flat lineup outside of your bigger name
1: guys. It doesn't even look like your normal Rockies lineup. Like you normally feel like you, you you're gonna get um pretty average to above average offensive players at most positions all the way through, um, and they can kind of try to play into the strengths of their ballpark. But that's not really the case here. Um, Marquez and Kyle Freeland, like they're a they're like an A season from them. Is, is pretty good. Like they they've actually showed they're capable of putting up a really good year, even even at Coors. So those two at the top of their rotation, you know, they could help them. But again, help them how much in this division when you're going to be playing against a couple really really tough lineups. So um, I think it, it might be like the top two in here, and then the three teams below them by a long long ways. I think because again with sort of the opposite, their lineup is okay. I probably still their strength. You would, you would say with story and with Blackman, men who have very high ceilings, but it's not very deep. If one of those two guys got hurt, they, they would lose a
2: lot of production. Absolutely. So the, the last team out of the, uh, tr- the bottom trio is the San Francisco giants, big rival, obviously of the Padres and even more so of the Dodgers. It's an old man lineup, man. I mean, Buster Posey, Brandon Belt, Tommy La Stella, Evan Longoria, Brandon Crawford, Alex Dickerson, even Mike Isstremski, who was a rookie and was really good the other uh, two years ago, came back and had a really strong, even better year last year. Excellent year, actually. He's an old—he was an old rookie when he came up. I think he was twenty-six. This has to be the oldest lineup in baseball.
1: And again, do what do experience they do well?
2: Can can win you some games? Probably. Just not enough to overcome for their
1: their weight. They're like five years beyond their career years. And what they pitching like Gaussman, Cueto, De, uh Dace Aaron Sanchez, and they got Alex Wood at the back of the rotation. Like, what are you gonna get out of Cueto anymore? Gaussman really These easy. are guys that are gonna give you some innings, but not innings, give you in, no dominance. They're like th- number three, number four starters that they would be yeah. inning projected.
2: eaters, no no dominant. You might get something special here and there out of Cueto. Yeah. Outside of that, the rest of the guys, they're going to give you some innings and and not give you a lot of, you know, they're not going to leave a lot of games with zero or one on the board.
1: We only have uh, about a minute, minute and a half left here On uh, this week's Mike Abadir show So yeah, next week we will be right in the middle Of the, the first uh, Final Four We will know uh, if Cotto River Or concert tour Or somebody showed up in the Rebel And ran really well and stamped themselves As a, a major player moving forward With that last round of Kentucky Derby preps We'll be a week closer to the actual start Of the baseball season um, We'll see if the Lakers and Anthony Davis Can get, uh, get back playing soon and get back from his injury and have a nice week as they return to play tomorrow so um, a lot going on in the world of sports we'll be talking about it next week and we're gonna I'm, we'll do something you and I will talk about it over the weekend where we have a uh, uh, some sort of a bracket pool to, to put out there because I know a lot yeah, of people we always
2: like, do we gotta gotta like, bring that back for sure yeah. and we don't mean to shortchange the Dodgers and the Padres I could promise you any Dodger we'll talk fan about out there, them. you're not going to have a shortage <laughs> of Dodger talk on the show. No, I can guarantee no, you that. that uh, they're they're clear-cut, the top two teams. And we're going to be talking a lot about them during the course of the year. So uh, believe you me, these are going to be two really fun teams to watch. It's going to be great to duke it out. I think they are the NL West. I don't think there's much beyond them. But, hey, whoever beats up more, more consistently – out of the bottom three is the one that's going to do the best this year. And for, for whatever reasons, you know, you always see bad teams take it to the good teams. So on that note, thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone.